This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. So, about that black eye, I don't care. I don't care anymore. Heather has managed to be so annoying about it that I don't care. Keep it. Keep your big mystery. Keep it. It's like the like Heather feels so cool having this black eye and thinks she's so cool that she can taunt people with it. Like I bet you want to know about I bet you want to know about my black eye. Only certain people can know about it. Oh, you care? You care? You want to know about my black eye? Oh, you do? Well, you're not going to know about it. Okay. Well, guess what? I don't care. I don't want to know. Go get another black eye for all I care. I don't know. I don't want to know. And the theories that have gone around, one of them includes... Bravo being in on it, if that is the case, well, I debated just skipping this week's recap because the episode was so pointless, like literally pointless, truly, but I kind of feel like I want to drag the hell out of Heather. Yeah. I do. So without further ado, let's get into this. Here at She Speaks Bravo, we believe that Bravo TV is a great form of self-care and therapy. Look at me. I've been using it for over a decade, and I am a complete mess. Oh, that's me, by the way. I'm Emily. I'm your host on this journey, and I speak Bravo as I'm sure most of you do too. What is this, honey? I love that. If you're not already subscribed, get subscribed and hit that notification bell because I'm releasing new episodes at least three times a week. Clip, you fool. That's my opinion! I talk Bravo, I talk true crime, and sometimes I talk a little scripted. So whatever you're here for, I hope you enjoy the show. We pick right up. With Whitney saying, how did you get a black eye? And Heather has the nerve to go, I have a black eye. And did you not just want to throw something at your TV? I mean, this is the least cool way to handle something. But I think Heather feels really fucking cool. Heather's like, I'm so badass. I have a black eye. Like, I'm so cool. I don't think she, I don't think this was, I'm stop, I, I'm starting to think this wasn't something violent. Because if this was really something she was truly ashamed of, like, I really don't want to talk about it because it's really, really scary and I'm protecting my abuser. She would stop talking about it. But she keeps including Jen in on it. 
Because she's like, we are trying to figure out what happened. Pointing to Jen. We have some theories. We've run through scenarios. Jen doesn't say a word. Jen doesn't make eye contact with Heather when she's doing this. She makes sure to like avoid eye contact at all costs. But uh, that ends. And Dana, I said this earlier in the season. I get that it's going to be a really tough task to be the person who comes on this cast as a new per as a new girl, like very new to the group. Angie Kay is not new to the group. She's known a bunch of them for a lot of years, including Jen. Dana is very new to the group. She's kind of like infiltrating the group it turns out and I just don't care for her personality it's not her fault it's just how she is she's just not my cup of tea however this is not an easy thing it's easy to watch someone do this it's not so much easy to do it to literally be sitting at a dinner and be like, so Jen, I know we had a good day today, and I know it seemed kind of cool, and Jen's like, this is like so manip, Jen's like, yeah, I let you, I trusted you with my life, I let you drive me around in a go-kart, which is very, very like, mind fuckery, manipulator, very cult-like kind of shit, which is what they've all had to go through. They've all been inducted into the Jen brainwashing, cult mentality. But Dana very clunky with this, very clunkily, that's not a word, but she brings up (laughs) that, and she doesn't lead in with this. So she, instead of saying, I just want to explain why I've maybe been really closed off. She doesn't say that first. She goes, but the thing is, I know someone who worked for you and they pleaded guilty and now they're an informant. Whoa. But then she tries to say, I'm just explaining that this is why I haven't felt super comfortable with you and being around you. This is why I have a wall up. Okay. It really, it maybe would have been a more interesting segue to say, look, you know, I know that there's been tension with us. Today was a good, maybe she did lead in with that. She's just got a, like a weird delivery. This was like, there was no easy way to lay this down. Like this was something you don't lay on the table and have it go over well. Okay. And it's also tough for the rest of the group because the rest of the group has had to pretend like this doesn't exist for the sake of their own, um, safety because Jen is so scary. So obviously Jen's like, check your source. In the constitution, you're innocent until proven guilty, right? Okay. You know, okay. So she gets up, Heather follows her and Dana says, you know, what we're all thinking as, as, um, 
viewers, right? You all know this is going on and you don't say anything. Now, what's weird to me is Angie K says, and I quote, I've, I brought it up too and look where it got me. What, ex- what exactly does she mean? Am I forgetting something? Like, what exactly did she bring up about Jen's case on camera to Jen's face? She's brought up in confessionals that um, that she's uh, like, I'm trying to I'm, am I for, I'm trying to remember. But she's she brought up in confessionals that she's been conned just like other people have been conned. But she didn't say that to Jen, did she? They might have edited something out, but I don't really think Angie K. You haven't done what you haven't done what Dana just did, which is use the word informant. <laughs> you use the word informant, dude. That's a lot. So Whitney explains like this is the dance we do so as to you know not make her freak out. And here's. Meredith, because Meredith's still at the table and she realizes this is not my alliance. This, this, this group here. Nope. I'm with, I'm with Jen and Heather. That's right. And she goes, Angie, thank you. I think I'm kind of done. It's kind of been enough for me if I'm honest. And then she like stumble bounces off. She does her little bounce and I'm finished. Okay. I'm finished. And Meredith will bring this up again later, but in her confession, she's like, if I'm a guest on somebody's trip, that's the last thing I'm going to do. And she will bring this up later. Both Heather and Meredith have reminded Dana that you are a guest, so don't, okay? Jen says uh, that she's like, I don't even know Dana besides the fact that she has gray hair. And then they show Jen very rudely bringing her, Dana, a box box dye earlier to dye her hair. That is so fucked up. First of all, box dye. Get that shit away from me. Second of all, she's clearly intentionally letting her hair be natural. Ugh. So Dana says that her source was fully aware of what was what they were doing when the allegations came down. And she's saying what we're all saying, right? No one is going to go that hard if she's innocent. I'm not saying that she's guilty, but and not, like this is all happening on camera. So you've got Lisa, Whitney, and Angie Kay's new. So I'm really not including her in this. But Lisa and Whitney have been here since the arrest on camera. They've been dancing around this since that. They had to go through the arrest happening on camera, having a normal reaction to the arrest on camera, and then having Jen freak out on them for daring to ask any amount of normal questions on camera. Remember, like, Whitney got in so much trouble for even explaining what the marketing schemes were. So they are freaking out. So Whitney goes, what what happens if Jen is proven guilty? And I want her to be like, um, <laughs> don't worry about it because she'll be going away. 
Angie and Lisa play it completely safe. I don't, they're like, well, you know, like, let's just not even go there until it happens. But Whitney's drunk at this point. It's late too. When they show, it's like three in the fucking morning. And Whitney goes, if she's proven guilty, then I will probably have to sit across an awkward conversation, but I'm willing to go have a conjugal visit. Lisa's like, it's not a conjugal visit unless you're going to hook up with her. But And then Whitney's so drunk. This reminds me of earlier in the season when she was all wasted telling Lisa about the rumors that whole night in Arizona. And so she's just, Whitney's just said conjugal visit. She said it. And Lisa's like explaining what she just said. Like, no, no, no. Conjugal visit is when you go hook up with someone. And then Whitney makes a face like, please, yeah, right. And then Dan is like, no, no, not conjugal. We're not going to have sex in there. And then Whitney pauses and goes, well, you never like she kind of makes face like you never know. (laughs) She's such a fucking mess. All right. I have to like stretch before I talk about the scene up in the bathroom. Okay. 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 Here we go everyone take a deep breath because this is in I couldn't believe this okay Heather goes you know it would shut him up tell them let's talk about how Heather really got that black eye I swear to god you guys I almost turned the tv off or change the channel. I don't turn TVs off. I change the channel because, you know, I love TV. But I was like, no, she didn't. I'm going to kill you. I can't believe you just did this. But my favorite is there's Meredith trying to be a part of this trio because this is her alliance and she's not included. She doesn't know what's happening. Jen does, obviously. And Jen goes, yeah, let's do that. Did you catch that? Jen goes, yeah, let's do that. And fucking Heather keeps going, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go zip. Why? Why would they go? Yeah, because they want to know. Why are you, why is this something to taunt them with? They just want to know what fucking happened. And she goes, and we're not going to tell them because they don't deserve to know. Because they already do. And they just want us to say it out loud. Oh, my God. What is her fucking? She's like, guys, stop talking about my eye, okay? The last thing I want to talk about is my eye. I wish I could tell you what happened with my eye. Let's not make the trip about my eye. Did you guys see I have a patch on my eye? Heather like walks out of the bathroom. I think she like thought they were going to follow her, but then she like walks back in because they didn't follow her. She's like, you say it at the end because that's going to put the fear of God in them. What are you even saying? You say, you know what? Keep pushing me, guys, and I'll tell you exactly how the black eye happened. Why is this a threat? You psycho. She thinks she's so cool. You're not even telling Meredith. Meredith's in the bathroom with you. Tell Meredith. 
Let her know. Let her know what's going on. Someone will panic. But you know me. I, this is where Heather's like, she's clearly never been cool, like by the by, like stupid society standards, you know, she's never been like, not Jen, Jen, who thinks she's so cool, not like that type of cool. This is a very new group for Heather to be a part of in terms of cool. And so this whole snitches get stitches, like snitches get what? Stitches. And then she does the slap that ass dance. Okay, she is, I, I've never hated someone dancing more than I've hated her dancing in that, in that moment. Cause she's so uncomfortable. She's begging Jen, begging Jen. She's like, Jen, will you just say it out loud on camera? Say it at least to Meredith. But she won't. Jen will not look her direction. She already said, yeah, let's do that. But then she keeps looking in the mirror, keeps applying her makeup or whatever she's doing, and she's actually looking more and more pissed off. Uh, She has a look of like, she's like tightening up and tensing up. Like, okay, Heather, you've said it enough. So they finally, they walk back to the table. Lisa's because they are all so PTSD traumatized by dealing with Jen. So they tell Jen, Lisa's like, Jen, I want you to know about this conversation we just had. We were just, Dana was like, you know what? I I think she, you know, you know, here's, these are my feelings. And we were like, you know what? You just don't know Jen that well. And like, we know Jen and like, you know what? Innocent until proven guilty, which isn't like, what what did you even just say? Nothing was convincing about that. Like all Lisa was trying to do was basically, you know, disown herself from the conversation, distance herself from the conversation. And Jen's like, Dana, even after hearing that, hearing what Lisa and Angie said, you think I'm you think like, OK, you still believe your mystery person? They didn't say anything, Jen. But Jen translation Okay, Jen's like, okay, even after you heard the thing I've trained them to say, you still believe your mystery person? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because she actually knows someone who's involved in your case and is a, they're an informant now. <laughs> they have flipped. She knows someone who's flipped. Literally. And at this point, at this point, production is clear. Production has chosen to turn a completely blind eye to everything that's going on with Jen's case, um, and I think the the reality is Bravo should complete or NBC should completely distance themselves from Jen Shaw because when you look at this case and you look at the evidence against her, she's a despicable human being. But they probably brought Dana on because she's like, you know, guys, I know insider info. And they're like, are you willing to talk about it with the group and confront Jen? She's like, yeah, I mean, I will. They're like, okay. Which is why they were not in any way (laughs) surprised when this whole thing came out. Because when Jen first leaves the table, she clearly is yelling at production. She's like, oh, anyone can say anything without any, without any proof or something. 
And you know, they were like, we knew this was coming. <laughs> we were hoping she'd do this. We knew she was going to say this. Oh my God. Like, you know, that she was interviewed and tested for the show a bunch of times on camera. Dana. I bet they were like, God, she's boring. But she does know this informant. So let's we'll bring her on. Which is why at these dinner scenes, Dana has kind of abruptly caused drama. They're like, this is your one point of being on this show. So you better deliver. And she has. She has definitely created drama. The sh- what would this season have been without these scenes? And this San Diego trip, my God. So Lisa's like, you guys, I ha- it's four in the morning. She's like, I have to get ready for my flight because she probably has to leave in like an hour. And Heather goes, I love you. Which I'm like, excuse me? And even Lisa's like, oh, I love you too. And then what does Heather do? She goes, do you want to wear this on the plane? Pointing to her eye patch. Pointing to her eye patch. Because she needs everyone to constantly talk about her fucking eye. But then when you ask what happened to your eye, she will say, I don't want to talk about my eye. Then she's like, I'm going to make this my Tinder profile. And again, Jen not Jen is like, I'm not fucking looking at you. I will not acknowledge you when you talk about your eye. Fuck. God damn. All right, we're, we're finally done with San Diego for crying out loud. Tell me, tell me anyone else, was anyone else so confused when the the random little fly fishing or fishing moment was Lisa Barlow and John Barlow. I was not expecting that at all, but it was hysterical because Lisa's like, oh my God, I got it. I got the fish. And she's like holding it in her hand. Um, she's like, okay, I did it. We're done. I'm never doing this again. Okay. I did it. Meredith is at home with... Chloe and Brooks, and tonight's the ADR fundraiser. Brooks is stressed, you guys. Oh my God. People spend years preparing for this. And I like that Meredith's like, I don't know if it's years. He's like, okay, maybe like months. He's like, no one in this family understands the stress of running a business while finishing college. And then Meredith's like, really? Because I did it. Anywho... The eyewear going on between Chloe and Meredith is very interesting. I'm hoping they had a very, uh, just very like serious discussion. Like, I'm going to wear intense eyewear, so let's both do it. Otherwise, if this is coincidental, okay. Lisa's going to come. It's silly to me that in any way, like this is considered a bad thing later, but Lisa's bought a ticket. She's supporting the charity and Meredith's like, don't worry if, you know, she talks to you, I'll come save you. And Chloe's like, tell her you need to come rescue your garbage whore daughter. Oof, rough. It's gotta be rough. No matter whose side I'm on in the situation, we know which side I'm on, but it's not easy to hear your mom called those things or yourself because she did talk about her kids. Yeah. I mean, it's reality TV. So period, end of story. Housewives has been brutal for a lot of the kids. I always forget about that factor. 
If you, like me, have set these two goals, eating better and saving money on food, HelloFresh is your answer. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned recipes to your door. And the key word in there for me is delivered. For some reason, I really like food being delivered to me. Because even if I go to a grocery store, I still end up ordering delivery. But also, here's the thing about a grocery store. When you find a great recipe online, do you ever realize, oh, now I have to buy a whole ingredient, like a whole bottle or a whole bag of an ingredient that I may never use again? That's why HelloFresh is so good. Because HelloFresh, everything's pre-portioned. So if you need some funky ingredient that you're never going to use again, but it's for this cool Thai dish that you want to make, that's where HelloFresh is perfect. So you kind of feel like an amazing chef, but everything's just pre-portioned. You just follow the recipe card. It's laid out in front of you, super easy. And you get to pick from things like calorie smart, carb smart, or if you don't want to do any of that, you can do things like the winter special recipes that are seasonal. You feel real sexy when you cook a HelloFresh meal, I got to tell you. I don't like cooking. This is just, it's not my happy place. Everyone tries to give me tips on how to make it better. I don't care. It's just not where I flourish. But I like HelloFresh because you pull out the recipe you want to make. It's all in a bag, labeled. I love a label. And then you take out the recipe card that pertains to it and you just follow it step by step. But like the obsessive controllingness inside of me loves it because everything's pre-packaged, right? So you get to lay it all out perfectly. And then when it's that ingredient's turn, you just take it out and you use it. And then when you're done, you throw it all away. Oh, it's real good. And then when when you're done, the, the recipe is actually like a legit recipe because I, you know, I didn't make it. The chefs over at HelloFresh figured it out. I just put it together like uh, like Legos, kind of, except, you know, I'm cooking it a little bit, but then they tell you how to cook it. So, hey, you know, go to HelloFresh.com slash SheSpeaks21. Use code SheSpeaks21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash SheSpeaks21. Code SheSpeaks21. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. This is the year for me to feel the confidence of a housewife. And that means I deserve to feel good all the time, morning, noon, and night, from my hair to my skin to my body. And I'm going to do that using game-changing products from Kitsch. Kitsch co-signs the confidence of a housewife. No matter what your budget is, though, no matter your hair type, your skin type, they think you deserve to feel good all the time. They are queens over there. They started in 2010 selling hair ties door to door. And now they're in over 20,000 locations. Self-funded, female-founded. Work. Okay? Work. Some of Kitsch's most popular products include their satin pillowcases, caps, and eye masks. And this satin is vegan and cruelty-free because remember, silk is made by silkworms, which is gross now that I think about it. But I use these pillowcases every single night. I don't use any other pillowcases. I even tried to use some cheap knockoffs a few years ago. Mm-mm, not the same. Kitches, they are the best. They're so soft. They're preventative. They prevent damage to your hair, which helps when you have to grow out a bad at-home haircut. I wouldn't know asking for a friend. And also 
It helps prevent wrinkles. Once you start getting them, you can't prevent them. So preventative, preventative, preventative to all my 20 something queens. They make shampoo and conditioner bars, something I don't think about till I go to throw out my bottles, but bottle-free beauty is so much better for the environment. This is the biggest one. They have these heatless satin curling rollers. Say goodbye to heat damage. There are literally TikToks of people throwing out their $600 curling irons for these. And the best thing is the price. They are a fraction of that. They're $18. Get out of here. Kitsch, of course, has the quick trying hair towels and their classic scrunchies and hair ties, plus so much more. Again, I use their pillowcases every single night. I also only use their scrunchies for hair ties. I don't use any other hair ties. I am kind of a Kitsch obsessed human being. I found them years ago when I was searching how to grow out a bad haircut, found Kitsch, never looked back. Right now, Kitsch is offering 30% off your entire order when you go to mykitsch.com slash she speaks. That's right. 30% off anything and everything when you go to mykitsch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash she speaks. One more time, mykitsch.com slash she speaks for 30% off your entire order. Okay, Heather goes to Angie's. Guys, question. What do we think? Was this a fully staged scene? Because Heather talks to Angie about everything. Because so Whitney had a Wild Rose event and Angie's acting like that's where she heard about the black eye. I'm like, I don't get it. Because I'm, I would imagine Heather absolutely called and told you this. Heather called Angie from the trip to tell her what was going on. And you're telling me that you didn't say this is what fucking happened? Because this is a very concern. Angie is just so concerned. Don't, if someone did this to you, don't protect them. And Heather is claiming like, I just want it to go away. Okay. Yeah, you really, oh yeah, you really want this to go. Stop talking about it, everybody. Because she's, Angie's repeatedly saying, and obviously alludes to Jen. She asks Heather like, okay, the last people to see you were, and then Heather lists the people and she lists Jen last. So Angie can be like, you're listing Jen last. Is there a reason for that? So it's, is it staged? Is this, is Heather doing everything in her power to get everyone to realize and figure out this is Jen without outwardly saying it is Jen? Because then she can say, I didn't say it's Jen, but then we can all figure out it's Jen. Did she say to Angie, I can never say it's Jen because she's going into sentencing. I can't say it's Jen. It'll make everything worse. She'll kill me. I don't want to ruin her family. I'm here for her. I know it's wrong, but I'm protecting her. Whatever. And so Angie's like, you know what I'll do? I will make it very obvious that you're protecting her. It's kind of like, what is that deductive reasoning? She's like, I know that she's had issues with Lisa. Mind you, she did, Angie in her confessional did say, 
I know she's had problems with Lisa. Whitney wouldn't do it. Uh, who else did she say? She lists other people, but she didn't say Lisa wouldn't do it. I was like, don't you even bring our Barlow into this. Okay, Angie, you're messy. I don't like it. But I just could not for the life of me bring myself to believe that Angie Harrington didn't know about this from Heather personally. It's her bestie of all besties. So Whitney is at home going through photos. And here is a phrase that she's going to need to rework. As part of my journey, if I can't hear her say my journey, I can't hear her say as part of my journey, I can't hear her say my journey anymore. I'm here for everyone evolving, but I don't personally say my journey. And I'm doing a lot of growing and evolving myself, but I'm not going to talk about it as a journey over and over and over again. I think she stuck onto it, like she latched onto it as like her thing for this season. And I bet, I hope she regrets it, but it needs to, let's rework it. Maybe let's come up with some new phrases, some new, let's come up with some new words. Just, I can't hear the word, healing journey. I can't hear the word journey, heal, healing. I can't hear it anymore. Uh, she calls her brother and it's very, he gives very self-help guru-y advice. Um, it's nothing bad. The advice is not bad. The advice is very good. Um I don't know. There's just something a little, you know, a little strange. It's, I don't know what it is exactly. I can't put my finger on it. Uh, but, I, you know, because it's nothing, he's not saying anything shitty. He's saying basically, don't, don't get in, don't be involved in relationships that take from you only, you know, only relationships that give you good things. And I guess we all need to learn that at some point. And I shouldn't really be judging it. But, uh, Sometimes when she tries to talk to him about how to cope with the past, he does a lot of focus on the future. And I'm like, okay, I get that, but she's dealing with major trauma. And I do feel like we are missing a big piece of this. And so, uh, I don't know. Whatever. I'm moving on. I can't, I can't deal with the journey anymore. But I, okay, here's what I'm going to fucking, okay. Jen's online therapy. Oh my God, you guys. First, first of all, here's her segue into it. Her confessional. After San Diego, it's like back to reality. I'm inching every day closer and closer to trial. Um, You were freaking out about everything about the trial in San Diego too. It's like, it's not like you had some sort of escapist type mentality. Like, I'm just getting away. I'm just going to be free in San Diego. No, you were being a psycho there too about the trial, about everything in your life. So shut the hell up. This whole session is some bullshit. Okay. The whole point is to get this therapist to say on camera that Omar isn't angry. He's just worried about you. And Sharifi isn't, he's just worried about you. Your kids aren't fucked up because of you. They're just worried about you. That's it. You haven't fucked your kids up. You know, and for, even just forget all this criminaling, you constantly raging and being so volatile is fucking them up. Okay? It's fucking them up big time. Okay? 
the last line of this scene is the therapist saying, if you're holding it together, that energizes them. Well, she's not. And she won't. All right, now it's Meredith's event. I honestly disassociated during the whole setup part and like the models and whatever. I don't really know what happened. I woke up again when uh, everyone is arriving. And first up is Dana and Angie Kay. And here's the I'm not mad scene. Okay, here we go. So Meredith to Angie is not mad. She says, I'm not mad that you went to Lisa before dinner when, but we could have like talked, you know, about it all together. You weren't going to bring that shit up at the dinner. What are you talking about, Meredith? No part of you was about to be like, so Lisa, I heard that you, you know, have an SCC filing, blah, blah, blah. You even said when you were confronted about it that you brought it up in passing, whatever that means. And so Angie pulls a really smart move here. She goes, I should have just said, guys, I don't want to be involved in this. So this was a smart move because instead of apologizing to Meredith for doing something Meredith didn't like, This freaks Meredith out because what she's doing is she's saying, I shouldn't have been talking shit about Lisa with you guys. And see, Meredith never wants to own that she's messy. Meredith is always perfect. I don't get involved in dramas, her thing. And so Meredith, I'm not mad. Like, I'm moving on. But it's noted. And Angie goes, if anything, it speaks volumes about me not wanting to be in the middle of a negative conversation. And Meredith thinks that this is in some way, like Meredith thinks this is in some way some like insult or some sort of, I don't know what she thinks is like a threat maybe. She's like, okay, so noted. None of us should ever speak negative about anyone around you. Um, Okay. What she's saying here is like, you're not in the click. Okay. And she, like, and she's not, she doesn't give a shit if Meredith likes her. She just goes, I get it. I get it. (laughs) She doesn't go, I'm sorry. She doesn't say, not sorry once, by the way. Meredith again goes, I'm not mad, but there are just irritations and these are or these are just irritations and we can voice them and we can move on. I mean, and honestly, that to me is not even speaking negatively. That to me is discussing a public document that is an SEC filing. So it's not like I'm gossiping. And she says it just like Lisa Barlow mocked and, intim- and imitated her at the dinner. Gossiping. That's exactly how Lisa Barlow did it. About some unknown secret. Like, Meredith, admit it. Admit that you talked major shit. If I were to pull footage of that van ride, you were talking shit, which you're allowed to do. Own it. And then to Dana, you and and Dana, you were on the trip because I got you there. But I mean, I'm not mad. Angie pulls a power fucking move here. And I fucking stan. I'm sorry, guys. I know she's a lot. I know everyone's saying she's thirsty and she did the most. I get it. But this is a clown show. 
So it's kind of hard to not be a clown. This is Meredith's scene. This Meredith's she's taken this moment in her event to confront but not confront and it's so weak that and she ends it instead of Meredith. And she goes, "Well, you probably have a million people you who want your time." So and Meredith has to go, "I yeah, I do." <laughs> And then Angie's like, Dana, you want to go get a drink? I just, I died. I died. <sighs> it was amazing. Of course, when Lisa arrives, Meredith's confessional is like, oh, she just cares about her appearances. Just another chance for her to pose on social media. I'm like, bitch, you all pose on social media, please. But the real creepy part is that Jen and Coach have a check for Angie K. But before that can go down, Angie K lets Lisa know that Jen FaceTimed Angie Harrington and made peace. Like Angie K, though, I fucking, I'm sorry. She goes, This woman and her husband did something that pushed you to the brink of suicide. And you're just going to FaceTime her and make peace? And Dana, she's done. Dana's fucking done. She's had it. She's like, I'm sorry, you guys. She's just not a good person. Okay, I'm done. I'm done like dancing around this. She's not a good person. Okay, period. Period. Done. They sit for this fashion show in the seating, which Meredith had to have done. They're like directly across from each other. You could have very easily made you all in one line next to each other so you didn't have to be uncomfortably facing each other. Uh, so after the fashion show, here is where I'm like, okay, Coach is sleazy too. Sorry. Coach and Jen go up to Angie Kay and her husband. The way Coach leans in all close and puts his hand on Angie Kay's husband's shoulder, like that is a very, um, that's a tactic, you know, to like lean in and be like, Hey, man, we're cool, right? Like, I've always thought we were cool. It hurt me to know that we had a debt that I didn't know about. And he, Angie Kay's husband's like, uh-uh, uh-uh-uh. You're not, you're not grabbing me. He, like, pulls away and stands back because this isn't how to do it. And what do you mean? Jen knew that she should have thrown in some money for this party. Fuck you. What are you fucking doing? You're heartbroken? Because you should have thrown us a couple grand for the party, or at least offered. And Angie's, she doesn't backtrack at all, but she's like, I was hurt by some things too. And Coach, he's manipulative. This, they got, they, I don't, I'm sorry. He knew, I know that, I know it's really hard for people to accept that Coach knew, but did you guys see? That statement that he submitted in Jen's, I think it was, it must have been her sentencing, her sentencing plea or whatever you call it. It was that Jen basically fell into the wrong crowd because she was feeling neglected when he had to work a lot. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, coach then is like, oh, at least we can try to build a new foundation, right? 
And on, it, I unless they edited this way, Angie and her husband just kind of like slow nodding, like yeah, what? And Angie savagely in her confessional goes, "I'm going to be running to the bank immediately to cash this before they freeze their accounts." All right, this final scene is baffling, baffling in so many ways. Heather shows up. Heather goes to Whitney's house. Now, a conversation had to have been had, okay? Like, hey, you want to film a scene with Whitney? Hey, you want to film a scene with Heather? Sure. I don't know what objective they were told the other one had. Uh, But it's, you know, it's sad because Heather knows Whitney so well that she knows her kids. So she says, happy birthday to Bobby. And, uh... Then it's like, okay, what do we do? So they go outside and they talk by the fire pit. And Whitney leads with, I'm really worried about you. I've been worried about you since since San Diego. And I was like, oh, really? This is an interesting start to this. Because you guys have had so many issues that uh, she isn't going to respond well to this. So then Heather responds and goes, I had no idea you cared. Shut the fuck. I had no idea you cared. What do you mean? She's been she's been crying. She's been trying to explain to you what's going on. I cannot. And so the whole friendship break thing was actually not Whitney's term. It was just something Jen said. It was like Jen's interpretation. And it sounds worse than I think Whitney had said something like, I just set some boundaries and it's kind of tough because I miss her. And so Jen's like, well, she said she's on a friendship break with you. And so now they're like running with that. And Whitney's explaining like, I, it was just me processing. You know, I realized like I was chasing you down. And Heather goes, you have not been chasing me down. You don't even know what happened to my, how I got my black eye. I swear to God, even if she were to chase you down, you wouldn't tell her. Okay, so don't. Oh my God, I can't even handle this. Even if you were to chase her down, she wouldn't tell you. She's dangling this in front of you. Oh my God. So then Whitney's like, do you really not remember? Because first it was, oh, I don't remember. Then it was, don't, don't, if someone knocks on your door with some strange knock, don't answer it. And then it was this, and then it was, and then as she's listing all the dumb shit Heather said, Heather laughs. She giggles because it's so cute. She's so funny. This little, this silly little black guy thing. She's so funny. And I'm just like, why, and Whitney's like, why are you laughing? And Heather's like, it's funny just because it's all, it's all true. Oh, I just, I just. Whitney says straight up, did someone do that to you? And Heather says, I don't think we should even be having that conversation right now. Well, really, really, okay. So what did you come here for? What was your objective? Heather does confirm. Heather then goes so far as to say, other people know Whitney, 
but you don't. You don't know. And Heather, what, he goes, why don't I know? Oh, because I was on a friendship break. She like taunts Whitney with it. She ta- Because, oh, uh, you decided to put me on a friendship break. This is like, Heather literally took me back to high school freshman year. And I mean freshman year. Stephanie, I remember her. I remember her. She was a terror to so, first it was just to me. And then I had to like vacate that friend group. And then eventually she did it to everybody that they all left. And they were like, Emily, you were right. I'm like, oh my God, I never thought that would happen. But this was like, Heather is bullying everybody with this black eye. This is so manipulative. I was on a friendship break. No, she said you hurt your, you hurt her feelings. You haven't listened to her. And t- I'm going crazy. This Heather is go- <sighs> now Heather gives this monologue. Okay, I actually don't know if I would tell you because the trust has been broken. This whole friendship break has been a really shitty experience for me, and I don't think you really care. Excuse me. Now she has to beg you to believe she cares. See what she's doing? Do you see what she's do you see what she's doing? Because it feels like you think you can just break it and then when you're ready to pick it up, I'm going to be funny and I'm going to stick up for you and I'm going to defend you and I'm going to fight your battles like a team. But that's not how it works. When you break something, it's broken and it's never as strong as it was. <laughs> Her version is that Whitney sacrificed their friendship to be with the cool kids. God, your insecurities are insane, Heather. She tells Whitney, be free. Be free of bad weather. I'm sorry that I've been holding you back this whole time. What? I compare it to this high school experience because I, you had to be best friends with this person. You had to be best, best, best friends. And if you were caught, I put that in quotes, caught talking to someone that this person didn't like for whatever reason, they would say, oh, I saw you talking to her. Do you like her now? Is she your new friend? No, she's just in my class. And like, maybe I do like her. I don't even know why you hate her. Oh, okay. And it was a betrayal. Now, granted, Whitney did do some shit. She did expose some secrets without double checking with Heather. Like, are you cool? If I, you know, tell Lisa what the fuck's been going on. I still subscribe to the idea that Whitney was trying to stop the take the Lisa takedown from happening. And she just did it wrong. Uh, And no one else was on board with that. Everyone else was like, no, no, we still want to take Lisa down. So can you knock it off? Anywho, this conversation went absolutely nowhere. This was a pointless conversation Heather's like, I'm not going to tell you about my black eye because you don't deserve to know because you don't even like me anymore. And Whitney said nothing. So end of episode, fucking pointless. Uh, next week, we find out that Angie K's like, well, rumor is they were in there freaking getting it on and then something didn't go so well and a black eye happened, which... If you saw Face Reality 16 on Instagram, her theory is that there was a sexual escapade and a black eye occurred just due to 
you know, things that happen in the bedroom and you don't notice, like maybe like someone knocked into someone's eye and you're drunk, you don't realize how bad it is. And then the next day you're like, fuck, I have a black eye. Then you got, they're in New York, Jen, Heather, and Meredith. And Jen's like, Stuart fucking played me because she's going to find out all the things Stuart said. Uh, Then Meredith and Heather realizing, fuck, Jen is guilty. But to this day, to this day, Heather and Meredith are still by Jen's side. So, wow. I can't wait for this season to be over. I was like bummed out that they, so they were supposed, they were slated for next week and another two weeks of episodes. And though they, they chopped because uh, next week's the season, the season finale. So they chopped two episodes, which is a bad sign. Because when you think about it, they've ad space has been purchased, etc. And mind you, they can probably move the ads around, but still not a good sign. Ratings have probably gone down. They're probably scrambling. I'm wondering if they had to scrap a lot of footage from New York, from Jen's pre-trial stuff. I'm wondering if it has to do with that. Uh, I really don't want to see a Jen one-on-one sit down with Andy. I don't want to fucking hear from her. Okay. Keep it, please. Anyway. All right, guys. That wraps us up. Love you, mean it. Bye. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for listening and for watching. If you wouldn't mind, if you are listening, could you please leave a five-star rate and review? That would be amazing. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed. Like this video and comment below. That would also be fantastic. Don't forget, I've got the Patreon up and running now. That is where all the Bravo jams will be covered. I'm talking table flip. I'm talking old school Atlanta. I'm talking old school Beverly Hills. All the good stuff that brought us together as Bravo fans. And of course, follow me on social media if you're not already at She Speaks Bravo on TikTok and on Instagram. And if you want to go that extra mile to support me, buy me a coffee or two or five at buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks bravo all right guys i'll see you next time seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.